Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Welcome to Filthy Shambles, episode 39 of season two, and it's the first episode that I'm recording since we announced the news that everybody was expecting, Antonio Conte, I want to say sacked, it's mutual agreement, it's the same bloody thing, I've got Ross and Dan with me today to to kind of go through it, I know it's kind of a miserable discussion, right, because Spurs, they do this a lot, every couple of years we seem to be rebooting, and it's the same emotions that we have to kind of work through. And it's a bit of a loop that we're caught up in. But we've got to do it. We've got to do it. It's therapeutic. It's it's a good conversation to have because I think there's a lot to actually chat about in comparison to the last few times we've had to let managers go. So, uh, first of all, Ross, how you doing, mate? Nah, not bad, usual. You get used to all this rubbish, mate, after a while. It's just yeah. the same old, same old. It, As you it, said, we get in a loop. It is, it is, but I'll come back to that actually, Ross, because I think I don't think things are as oh God. This is going to sound this is going to sound like so apologetic. I'm going to have like Enoch out haters abusing me, and not that they're going to listen. So uh, fuck you. Um, yeah, but you know, it, 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 it's this thing where I don't think it's as bad. I think Spurs make it worse than it actually is. I think everything's fixable. We just don't look to fix things. So we'll come back to that. Dan, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Spooks. Same as Ross. Um, pretty Im- immortal and uh, immune to all of this sort of stuff now, I suppose. Yeah, and that's probably the worst way to feel, to be numb to, to the thing that you're meant to love the most. Um, I was in Glasgow just for work, nothing fancy. And I was actually... Nice. Um, yeah, I don't mind Glasgow. It's it's not a bad little city. Uh, but I was, obviously, I was in McDonald's of all places. And uh, by the way, the McDonald's near Glasgow Central Station, it's meant to be fast food. I mean, what the fuck is going on? We were, <laughs> there were so many people in there. I swear, it, it, we, I've never seen anything like it in my life. There was like four people behind the counter and it was a slow service I've ever, I've ever experienced. But I was cool. I, you know, I was in a good mood. Regardless, there was three chaps standing next to me, and I kind of cornered my eye, caught the, a glimpse of one of the the bloke's phones, and he was just showing the phone to his two mates, and he just had a kind of nondescript type of look about him. He said, "Oh, look at this! Like, look at this!" And they were just all looking at the screen. It was Antonio Conte's face. I was like, "Wow, well, what's he fucking said now? What's happened now?" And obviously, then I that kind of forced me to check my phone, um, and. I was surprised, but maybe not that surprised. But I, I guess, you know, it had to happen when I was away. And maybe for the best, because it meant I didn't have to kind of sink my teeth into Twitter. But but we'll start with, with, with you, Dan. Like, like when when it actually broke and, and, you know, Spurs announced it, what was your in, your your instinct? What was your reaction to it? Like, like what was the first emotion you, you felt? Um, relief was the first emotion I felt. Just you wanted to read that. I wanted to read that. I think as soon as I possibly could after the the presser, because just because you knew it was done. Um, 
regardless of what whether like you know there was any rumours or potential feelings that he could potentially carry on. There's still ten, there's only ten games left. I think mm. it was just best for all that it ended as soon as possible. Um, but then in, I suppose like the circumstances that followed, like which I suppose we'll come on to it. Then just the timing of like the message all just left me feeling a bit weird again and just somewhat frustrated as well because I feel like it just feels like another. We don't know. It's, this feels. This sounds really knee jerky. Don't get me wrong, but it just feels like another. Do we know what we're doing? Moment, you know, like in second. I don't. Or, or do you mean just the fact that I think the whole thing, like the, the appointment, yeah, the appointment, and the fact it's only gone sixteen months. We still have not had a manager last a full season since two thousand eighteen to two thousand nineteen season. I mean, that's mind blowing as a statistic, really, when you look at like our stature yeah, as shocking. a football club. That's shocking. Uh, Ross, I mean, uh, I mean, first of all, um, relief, or, or were you already at the stage where you 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 just you kind of knew what was going to play out? So you 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 it almost feels like we've gone through the five stages, um, <laughs> bef- you know, before the announcement because because of how how messy it's been since since Sheffield United and AC Milan and and and. And then the Southampton presser and the rest of it. So, what was your kind of gut feel um, off the back of the, the the official announcement? I was surprised at the timing, uh, twenty past ten on a Sunday night. But might, Spurs... might might be because of Harry Kane's weekend. Maybe I mean that's that's the general consensus uh, on that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe is it drawn into his contract? We don't know, um, but. The feeling with Conte going was similar to Mourinho when he left. It was I got I've got a Man United friend who lives in Singapore, and he said to me when Mourinho came, I'm not going back, but there's some relevance to it that he said, "Be careful, it will start lovely, he'll be lovely, and then it will just manifest itself in some sort of mess." And it did, and I was like, "Okay, mm. you're right." And when Conte came in. It always just felt like he was doing us a favour. You know, it's like, well, I'm Conte. If you give it everything to me, I'll win you trophies. If you don't, I'll kick up a fuss and leave. And that's just what's happened. So I I was shocked at the press conference that he did because I mm-hmm. thought that was silly. And But I think it was just a matter of time. Then it was the... Um, what, and I think you'll come on to it later with... Um, Stellini and Mason being in charge, but that was the bigger shock. If I'm more honest, yeah, I mean, I don't think we've got, I don't think we've got that much of a choice. To be fair, I mean, Stellini and Mason, you know, Spurs. It, okay, right. There's so much noise around this, and there, there always will be, and there, and there's, there's a lot of it is 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 noise that should be heard and and should be isolated and discussed, and then there's a lot of stuff that people are just going to guess and try and formulate what they think is the best way to fix it without actually thinking logically how it would work. Uh, Nagelsmann is an example. Yeah, appoint him as soon as possible. He's literally just lost his job and his girlfriend. Um, he's not gonna. He's not gonna <laughs> speak to Tottenham and then be appointed Tottenham manager within days. And even if we reach out to him, it's probably gonna be this. This uh, and, and and why wouldn't it be this long process between now and the summer? Because he's gonna have options. He's gonna have to sleep on it, wake up, and kind of think about what he's looking to do next. So the, this the, this thing where where people expect Spurs to make the right 
decision um, with confidence is definitely something they should be able to, to do. But based on history, we're not very good at it. No matter, no matter whether we take our time or whether we act quickly, it, it's always going to be a gamble. We just have to be very intelligent about what we do and assess everything based on the mistakes, based on the fact that we can't complete um, like a full season with a manager, um, which which is absolutely bonkers. Um, you know, the you know the way I feel, just in case anyone cares, um, is I, I am bitterly disappointed. I'm bitterly disappointed because I think I think Conte has the the experience and and, and a lot of the tropes and traits, and not the tropes, rather the traits that that are necessary to to kind of manage it at the highest level. Um, what he what he had was his capacity to give us the truth, but deliver it in a brutal way without any any kind of concept of consequence on on the fan base and everybody else. Completely looking to protect his own ego and his own brand. And in addition to that, he was hypocritical and contradictory. Uh, just around the fact that he said it will take time and I need to be backed, and it, you know, you could argue, well, you are being backed, really. I mean, whether you're going to, uh, whether the fans are going to dispute the 192 million spent for Conte, you know, because it, 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 that includes Romero's transfer fee, and people are going to say, well, he wasn't bought for Conte, was he? And blah 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 this, and blah 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 that. The point is, we are backing him. And based on what Conte often said, it might take a few windows to get to the amount of money and and the players that needed. The problem is, to echo what you've said, Ross, I don't think at any point did Conte believe he would be here for the for the you know the, the, the long term. I think he came in to see what he could do in the short term, realize it was too big of a job, and where I get really pissed off and angry, and especially when our mob, our supporters, kind of jump on top of this narrative is this illusion, this fallacy that's been created by some of these top dog managers. Oh, Spurs an absolute fucking, you know, shit heap. They're so far away from challenging. It's so difficult. It's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. Based on what you're trying to do, Antonio, yes, it's not going to happen because, unfortunately, for all the good words that you put um, into it, you, you pull them out with bad. Uh, because of a the football that you, you play uh, is detrimental to the squad and it's detrimental to the to what the fan base expects, and it's also detrimental to the football club itself. And in the end, he he said too much, and he, you know he got cut, and 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 that's just the way it goes. Um, like what's his legacy, Dan? Like, do, do you think at Spurs? Just, I mean, do you think he he is the manager that's acted as a catalyst to truly hammer the final nail in 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 Daniel Levy's uh <sighs> managerial coffin in terms of you know he's tried everything now everything's failed uh we're not learning anything from one manager to the next has Conte just illustrated that or has he illustrated that, that those type of managers are not fit to 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 be part of Tottenham um because yeah, I mean, they just they just don't work. Basically, at the end of the day, they do not work. Yeah, I mean, to answer that final point that you've asked about, you know, is it the final nail in the coffin? Um, have we tried everything? I mean, the, I don't think we can ever say we have tried everything. Whilst there's plenty of other managers out there that will always be able to be employed by the club, right? There's always going to be a list of managers that the fans will be open to. So they and they won't all 
you know, some of them will last years and some of them will last 12 months, 18 months or whatever. In terms of Conte's legacy, um, I think being, re- being really honest from my perspective, I think he gave us the first real sense of hope since Poch left. Um, yeah. I don't think we ever really had it under Mourinho. And I think that the way that last season ended, we really felt like we were onto something, I think, all at the time with Conte. Like we, we ended the, street, the season very strongly. We managed to clinch top four when we thought it was impossible by, what, a couple months beforehand, maybe? Mm. Um, we had such a topsy-turvy season in that respect. Um, we started playing genuinely half quite decent football to watch as well, which is b- bizarre because he's had largely the same players and not been able to replicate that this season. Um, and I think the other part of that legacy is ultimately that he's he's regained he regained Champions League football for the club because we haven't had it for a couple of seasons. Um, and ultimately, he's left us in fourth place. And you'd have to say, in a whilst that whilst he set the place alight, he's left us in a better place than when he um, picked us up from. Yeah, he, I mean, you know, there's always that kind of new manager bounce and, and, and someone comes in and everybody starts performing to a particular level. And obviously this is something that often gets discussed that, you know, the the, the reason we get hopeful is because players um, respond to the new manager and then they kind of fall back to their default setting, which is not good enough and hence why it's the players' fault all of the time. Um there was a thread that I kind of I kind of started reading, but I, I kind of sort of uh, tapped out of it. Not not to discredit the the thread itself, um, but it was to do with the differences between Mourinho's training and Conte's training. And I think the question was, you know, what's what's good enough for you Spurs players? What are you going to react to? And and I think the consensus was probably somewhere in the middle. Um, and I'm just looking at some quotes right now. Uh, to do with, uh, I'm not sure what article this is from, actually. Someone's just dumped into a WhatsApp group. Um, it might be behind a paywall. It might be the Times. I, w- I want to take a guess. And it's to do with the training. Um, you know, having to train on, on the morning of games, you know, the sheer physical demands being pushed ab- upon uh, the Spurs players. There's, there's, there's something about um, video footage of a sub coming on, taking 96 seconds to adjust their boots and shin pads and, and, and the rest of it. Uh, and then and then they were shown a video of Perisic taking seven seconds. It's probably the only time in history where where the fewest seconds is, is actually beneficial because I tell you what, 96 <laughs> seconds or seven seconds in bed is, 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 is... I don't know where I'm going with this analogy. Um Ninety seconds is actually pretty decent, to be fair. Like to to, to 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 be fair. So I don't Conte. What's your fucking problem, mate? Allow it. But seriously, <laughs> are the players pricks, um, Ross? I mean, what what you know? Are, are, just to touch upon this whole narrative about the players, lots of lots being said on Twitter that perhaps Conte was not liked at all. That it's just the way that he was man managing them was not that great is that because elite players are able to to counter that with elite football and is it just the case that that Conte did not um calibrate himself to the quality that is at Spurs and we do have elite players at Spurs we just don't have them in abundance where do, where do you fall on that um on, on that particular discussion I feel like the elite players like your Canes Son's Ben, mind you, not Bentancourt. He's been out. Kulusevski. They may have just picked up on the fact that he didn't. That even Conte just didn't give a shit. 
as I said, it was as I said earlier, it felt like he was doing us a favour. So players are going to pick up on that. Excuse me. And you are you going to run for a brick wall for a man that you're not even sure is going to be there next season? I mean, I don't know. I know professionalism; they'll always work hard and all that. But if the training, it's, ma- it's mad though, it, right? But it's mad because because what you what you're saying, and I don't, I don't. This isn't a dig at you because this is what the narrative is is built around. It's saying that Spur that the Spurs players, any given squad that does that has changed. You know, I mean, there's a few in there that were there were about when Poch was here, but it has fundamentally changed. Um, yeah. That all these players decide, nah, Antonio Conte, nah, mate, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play for him. What's he I ever don't think done? It's, I don't think it's that. I think just the whole cloak and dagger bollocks he was coming out with, with the whole, will he be here next season or not? I think that can have an a, have a detrimental effect on any team because. Are you really going to want to slug your gut for someone who isn't really putting the effort in themselves? We saw this with the whole fact that he didn't really try in the FA Cup or the League Cup. And I would have taken either of them this season. I mean, of course, anyone would have. But this whole thing that, that of players just down in tools, I don't buy that. I just think... It just has a knock-on effect, a ripple effect, where you have this manager who's meant to be all conquering and all, you know, wonderful winning machine. But if he's not going to be there beyond May, are you really going to want to bust mm. your gut for him? I don't think. Yeah. I just don't think. And when I mean bust the gut, I mean it's just that extra wow factor, you know. But the wow factor, right? The wow factor, Dan. Maybe you can shed some light on this. Surely, surely, in in my infinite uh, experience as a as, as, as a blogger, um, because obviously I'm on par with world class managers like uh, Antonio Conte. Um, surely, it comes down to the football. If if players are, if the football is effective, right? But if if the football is vibrant, and I know I know I'm really dumbing things down now, right? I did say I, I was a blogger, but when you when you look at the football we were playing, it was so cons- constrained, and and we were holding back so much. It, it felt like it was you had to work really hard to stop doing the things that came natural to you, the expressiveness and the expansiveness. And I know I know often managers are very successful because of the very deliberate rigid systems that they play and all these infamous automations that that never kind of paid off because he didn't quite have the right players in the right positions to to deliver and execute those, those automations but surely as, as as a manager even if you're stubborn and you're successful because you're stubborn you can stand back and think well hold on a minute I'm I'm at a football club that isn't on on level with all these other super clubs arguably right at the minute, they're not behaving like a super club. Therefore, I don't have the players available to be able to play this football. Therefore, I'm going to change one or two things to allow them to blossom and flourish in a different type of way. You know, I'm not going to make it completely Harry Redknapp attacking football. I'm not going to completely go overboard with with the the the, the freedom to roam and the rest of it. But I'm going to tinker here and tinker tinker there because I am a 15 million pound a year football manager and I, I know I know my way around you know what is required to be elite and we're not there yet you know why was he incapable why why did he just prefer to just play out the way that he has 
be disappointed with the result and then go absolutely loopy in, in pressers. Mm. I mean, like as much as I know that some of our players should be accountable, I often do think is Son shit right now because of Conte, because of his mm. training regime and the conditioning and the things that he's been asked to do on the pitch. You know, are, are we struggling um, because of that? And I know, again, there's so many caveats to this season. The winter break, the the, the, the tragic loss of three of Conte's very close friends, including someone who was our, our coach. And, 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 you know, factor in the, the illness and the surgery and the rest of it. And then factor in the reality that, <laughs> that Conte probably didn't really ever fancy the job in the first place. It all kind of bleeds in to the, the, the same conclusion. I've I've actually forgotten the question, Dan. If, no, I, th- I think I think I think I knew what, what you was asking in the spooky. sense of uh, yeah, <laughs> just like like in terms of you know, is it all him or is, is it all the players that that kind of thing? I think that. He's, listen, I mean, he's clearly obviously a really emotionally invested guy. Otherwise, he wouldn't have the outburst that he did. But and I love him for that, by the way. He's he's ridiculous but, for football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that particular outburst, I do think, was purely self-preservation above above all else. Mm. Like, that that was a I'm out of here moment, right? Mm. He, mm-hmm. he wanted to just do whatever he thought necessary to get out of that moment in time. Because I've personally come to the conclusion myself that I don't... I don't think what he said is is relevant in terms of accusing the players of being selfish. Um, I mean, you talk about... I think that the point you was asking about the inflexibility side of things, has yeah. that been a cause of, like, you know, the players underperforming potentially? I, de- yeah. I definitely think that there is there is a degree of that because I think that if you, you must be able to realise that if you have a way of playing and you've tried it and it's not working, like the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting to get different results... Like, mm-hmm. you know, th- we'd seen regressions in some of the players this season who clearly weren't suited to, in, for some of them, to what he was particularly asking them to do. Um, and, like, they, they just were getting carried, like Son especially, I'm, I'm sorry to, like, you know, go on about him, but he was obviously being carried for a lot of our games this season. Yeah, I, I and, don't disagree. And if you look at the selfish comment, I mean, like, I, I I think it's more than fair to say that there's a lack of ability in a lot of the in a, in a few of the players in the squad, not a lot, a few of the players in key areas like the defence and whatnot. That there's a lack of ability, but not application or desire or the want to succeed. I don't think that when if you look at the end of Pochettino's last few games, I'm talking the Brighton game and all sorts of stuff yeah. like that. Those yeah. players are downed tools by that point. Like they yeah, had, definitely. they they were done. We burnt and out. We burnt out it completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They downed tools because they would burnt out. But overall, they downed tools, right? And that has not happened under Conte. I've not seen that. Still, I've not seen that once this season of players giving up. Do you know what I mean? Like I see them literally busting a gut for every yeah, single I agree game. With that. that's, that's, so that's, I don't insight, understand though. where it comes from or who he's aiming at. Well, I just don't understand who he's aiming at. And I think that's why, you know, it's, pre- it's I think it's telling that not a single player until today, right? Not a single player has posted anything on social media about him saying, thanks for all your time. Mm. Loved working with you. Wish you the best for the future. Like it's taken Son to be asked about it in an interview on duty for South Korea today. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Son is the most humble guy there is because he's not. What, all he's tried to do is basically say, "I'm I'm sorry to him because you know we, yeah, I feel yeah. like I've let 
him down. And he probably that's probably coming from a place of him knowing that he's not had a good season, right? Because yeah. he hasn't. But I he's think a, he's, he's possibly been let down so. by the manager in some way because of what he's getting asked to do. But do you know what I mean? I think he's being let down because of what he's being asked to do. And he's tried to just take responsibility because Son, in some ways, is the perfect footballer in terms of attitude, application, everything, right? But I don't think it's necessary for him to say what he said, but he did because he obviously likes the manager and that's fair enough. Um, yeah. And not even and for, for someone like Kane, I mean, this is how bad things must have get. Like, look at the message that was left by... Levy in the statement as well he doesn't mention Conte's name a single time yet when it was Hmm. Jose Mourinho and Nuno that he was doing statements for he was thanking them for their time and their commitment and wishing them the best for the future like fucking Nuno got that over Conte and this is a guy who's had tragedies in his his personal life and he's been ill this season he's had surgery none of that's mentioned like we don't like nothing like we, we thank you for pushing on when you're under under um under the weather, like, do you know what I mean? Just all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, there was nothing. I th- I think that there has just been a serious bust-up um, between him and the playing staff and possibly even Daniel Levy for that to be the case and how that was portrayed. And maybe be- the the fact that we haven't heard about it, again, I mean, we're theorising here because I've genuinely not heard anything um, in relation to this particular uh, discussion. Uh, maybe Levy has just done a very... I want to say diplomatic, but it's not even diplomatic. It's just, uh, I, I, I guess, uh, a kind of empty uh, goodbye, you know, without having to add anything in addition to it. Um, the kind of disguised spite in, in some way, because if something has happened and he's he's avoided adding a little bit of sprinkle to, 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 to the comms, then that would mean that he, you know, if Levy's pissed off about something, then maybe something did did explode, and it's just their, their way of saying, right, see you later, you got the compensation you wanted, um, good riddance, and, and and Conte's probably thinking the exact same thing, you know, he's got his, he's got his bonus, his Brucey bonus, and, he, and he's he's back to Northern Italy to recover, and, 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 and he's better suited to Italian football, no doubt, and we'll find out just how suited he is when he's obviously back managing a club there, unless he ends up somewhere else like PSG, but yeah, it's bittersweet from my perspective. Obviously, I've now completed the hat trick. You know, I backed AVB, I backed Mourinho, I backed uh, Antonio Conte. <laughs> can you, you know, stop all... backing managers, please? Can I can I please stop backing ex Chelsea managers? But you know, the, <laughs> the, the other the other massive problem with that is is Chelsea go through so many top tier managers and the rest that at some point it's pretty unavoidable. I mean. It would not surprise me if some point in the future, Graham Potter is a Tottenham manager. And it'd be like, here we go again, another Chelsea manager. And the thing is... The could be this summer, is, mate. Could be it, this summer. It could well be. <laughs> I mean, this this is the funny thing, right? Um, uh, but but it's, it's... I don't think we should be dug out for it. I mean, we should be dug out for a lot of things when it comes to appointing managers, no doubt. But yep. you know, Chelsea just appoint every fucker going. So at some point, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to you know lap it up again. I think where I've gone wrong just and this isn't like this isn't me saying oh like don't don't listen to what I say because well, that'd be weird really when you're listening to my podcast. But it, it, you know, I'm not saying that you can always get it. It's impossible to get to always get it right in football. And also, is there's always a fifty fifty right? If you if you don't back any manager, if you don't back anything Spurs do. Which are, there's a there's a, there's an entire community 
of Spurs fans that think this way, yeah, you're going to be right a lot of the time because you support a football club that isn't at the level where they're going to have seasons where they win the league, a couple of cups, then they go through a three-year cycle and then they're back at it again. So saying, well, I don't think he's going to succeed at Tottenham because of A, B and C. Well, you're likely to be right because of history. Um, So not backing, you know, AVB, who was the scientific upgrade, not backing Mourinho because he was this kind of ruthless machine. Once upon a time, we thought maybe he could he could introduce one or two new things to to the culture of the club. And the same the same thing with Conte. We thought he'd be a catalyst of of change. And I think in some ways he was. So I guess in conclusion to this this rant, before I forget what the fuck I'm talking about, I think he did bring good to us in terms of just illustrating what's required as a football club, to make that step up. The urgency around everything. Um, but but also just the, the structure that we, we, we've obviously built behind behind the scenes in terms of, you know, uh, player acquisitions and scouting and the rest of it. Um, he, all that was great. But, but unfortunately, it does come back to the basics. It comes back to the football. And in the end, it, it was indefensible. I could not. I, I, I tried. I was patient. I waited. I, I said it would evolve. I said after the winter break, we'd get better. It never materialised. And we, we, we just look fucking awful. And I think if people are really true to themselves, they're knowing that in that moment when when it cracked. And everybody was blaming Conte. It wasn't a conversation about the bald and Levy. It was like, it was almost this collective agreement that people had, maybe subconsciously. Conte, you have a chance here to do something, but you're the one that's not pushing forward in the right way for this football club. And you want us to be a reflection of you. And that's just not going to work. Give and take, you, there has to be some of that in this relationship. And he refused. And and I actually, to be apologetic to the club, I actually feel sorry a little bit for, for the chairman. Sorry, controversial uh, statement. To, I'm going to fucking say it. It's just how I feel. You know, like, say, say what you're going to say. What are you going to do? Like, you, the 15 of you that turn up at the stadium and, and protest outside the club shop, you're going to do nothing. <laughs> I like, Sorry, I've, I've had cocaine. So that... <laughs> Um, I haven't. Seriously, don't do drugs, people. Like Spurs is is, is bad enough for your health. Um, <laughs> but like in the in the moment of making the decision to get Antonio Conte in, it was a highly ambitious move by this football club. Um, and some people had doubts. And obviously, like I said earlier, you don't back it. You're likely to be right because it's fifty fifty. It's a, it's always a gamble. So credit on the club. Credit on Conte for taking the job, but in the end, it wasn't a match that was ever going to work. And you know, we're, we're back where we started. We're, we're going to talk about that forever loop that we're caught, caught in um, in a moment. And to be fair, it's not really forever. I think the loop is just four years old. You go back to Pochettino because I think Spurs actually grafted to get to where they got to with Poch. And had we won the Champions League, we would not be talking about this right now. The, the entire narrative off the back of one competition would not be the same. And we would have still have only won two trophies in 20 years or whatever. But it would none of it would matter because we'd say that all those years 
especially from 2006 up until the, the Champions League final, we could have said that was our fucking journey because we're not a club that bosses decades. We're a club that wins cups every now and again. But that was taken away from us within 25 seconds of that game. And it is what it is. It's history. We, we move on. And we talk about that loop since Poch and why the club have to be accountable and, and Levy for all the apologetic nonsense I've been saying on this pod so far. We're going we're gonna to talk about Daniel Levy. But before we do, Ross, the best Conte moment or, 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 or just the best the best thing about him? Um, uh, pick, pick and choose, mate. Uh, what's he? What's what's his legacy in terms of positivity? My best Conte moment, and it's a bit left field because I know I just want to be a bit different because I'm so you know hip. Um, was it actually the Norwich City game where we we've we've been known to bottle and all that crap, but we just did it so simplistically. We just went there, thumped them, Champions League. Thank you very much. And it's one of them days where before you get the feeling that you're all nervous and all that but that day it was lovely and it all went to plan even though they did what they did we still won our game and we battered a team we were supposed to batter um and getting into the champions league was great considering the position that we came from um but his legacy is just that he got us into the champions league he managed to spend a butt ton of money on plays that he barely used it felt like apart from his mate Perisic who I think let him down whose bodies let him down sorry um but doing what he did to Richarlison in a way bringing him in dropping him you know not really giving him a role in the team it felt like not really playing Basuma much all that stuff about he's not ready he's not ready that was a bit grating but yeah I'd say that Norwich City game just purely for the fact that we had a task in front of us. We had to win the game. I know we were ahead of Arsenal, but we did it, and that was a lovely feeling. Yeah. Yeah, there's... The 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 obvious ones for me would be the the 3-0, the, the North London derby, the brutalisation of, the, of, the, of everybody that was Arsenal that evening, the players and the supporters. Um, obviously, the Man City away game was, was just fucking bonkers it was just absolutely brilliant brilliant oh, yeah. I mean, the... uh, showcase of, of what Tottenham can do and what football can produce but they're very, very obvious moments I think well actually it doesn't matter what I think uh, Dan um, you, your favourite moment um, it's probably the uh... presser right after Southampton well favourite I don't know but uh, yeah like I'd say that's up there for my worst moment probably or that or the Milan at home game just because I was there and it was bloody awful um, another favourite moment I think was the Tuchel bust up um, at the bridge earlier in the season oh just because hold I'd... on a minute that was this season yeah sorry that imagine that like <laughs> but uh, yeah no like that that I think that sort of got um that was what kind of like really got me up for this season because we'd had a couple of games where we'd sort of like, you know, I think we had some lesser opposition and then I oh know we beat, we smashed Southampton. Then we had Chelsea in the second game. And I remember mm. being on holiday, watching the, watching the game in a, in a bar somewhere in Turkey and, you know, expecting us to lose because Chelsea had turned up. They were, at, they were absolutely like slaughtering us all game and to get a last minute winner, like, you know that just fueled me, and I thought that that would fuel Conte as well, and the, and the players to see that sort of confrontation. And it's like, 
oh, is this going to be like a bit of a managerial rivalry moving forwards that we can look forward to? Um, and it didn't turn out that way because both have now been sacked to their, <laughs> from their jobs. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think, do you know what? To avoid saying the obvious, I'm going to go with the Aston Villa win uh, away from home. Um, because I was in a cottage in the middle of nowhere with literally all members of the fighting cock. Um, nice. I'm not going to say what we were doing, um, but there was a lot of sex. There was a lot of sex. Um, so, so yeah, we were we were we were extremely drunk, and we were watching the game, and it was just fucking glorious. It, it felt like we were just at, at, at a game, and I think at one point I was, I was just uh, there was. There was a moment that started at one of the goals. It started at the the far end of the pitch in our in our in our basically just outside our penalty area. I don't know if it was Emerson that started the move with a bit of trickery, and it went all the way down the other end. I think it was Kulusevski that scores. It just went. It absolutely blew the roof off, and it was just fucking brilliant. And I think Arsenal lost that uh, that day as well. Uh, prior to the game, or was it after the game? But um, it was just, it was just so good, and there was this kind of hope, this this kind of it's like something was actually cooking, you know, like Spurs, mm. when 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 they had these moments where they they're like, no no no, we've got this, we're just going to shift up a gear, and we're just going to leave you behind, and we, and we did that to Villa that day, and it was, I know it was only Aston Villa, uh, but I think it was just the the people I was with, um, and. It kind of illustrates that Conte has given us quite a few good moments, quite a few positives. You look at his win ratio. You you know you look at you look at so many things uh, uh, in terms of how difficult it was uh, for teams to beat us. But in the end, it became really difficult for us to just get the job done. And for for a, for a squad of the players that we have, regardless of how. Um, uh, maligned some of them are we should be doing so much better than what we're doing and I think the biggest disappointment um, to, to come to come to the worst Conte moment I think for me um, to just be a little bit left field is the fact that I, I do believe Conte has underperformed um, and mm. I know people might think no, what? what with Tanganga and Sanchez are you joking mate I ain't listening to this shit again all right, you know, you, you can unsub, but, you know, you look at our forward lineup, and I know we've had injuries, I know, I know that, but you look at our forward lineup, I think there's no excuse with, with the, the players that we have to be struggling to hold on to fourth spot in the way that we've done, especially with Liverpool and Chelsea being fairly bang average this season and other teams not being exactly on, 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 on fire. I think we have there's a massive missed opportunity to just crack on from last season, and we haven't. And a lot of the time, it's because of Conte's stubbornness with selection and 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 and, and the rest of it. Um, just play three in the middle, mate, from the first game of the season. Just allow us the platform. But anyway, it is it's history now. He, he's been and gone. Um, Ross, worst moment for you under Conte. Oh, hold, hold on! I've asked pers- this question already. I've, I've, I've. No, you just asked me my best, my worst one. Well, actually, we just to throw it in, I took my son to that Aston Villa game where I bumped into you. Oh that yeah, that was yeah. my worst moment under Conte because it just ruined the. What me? Day. Me? They... No, you. Yeah. Even though you, even though my son <laughs> thought you were a ticket, even though my son thought you were a ticket tout. Um... I do look like a, <laughs> a dodgy, a, a dodgy geezer selling moody digital tickets. <laughs> 
to be fair, he played along with the joke brilliantly. He goes, "Have you got a ticket?" Bless him. Um, he, <laughs> I just think that performance really was a catalyst for. I don't, it just dirged. I mean, getting done by Ashley Young was bad enough, but what preceded it afterwards was horrible. It was just this nothing performance of. Uh, we didn't even really create much of any chance, if I remember rightly, and it was just so disappointed. He, oh, my son Owen said to me, "Can we leave?" And it was eighty-five minutes gone. And this was his first ever game, so that's how bad it was. Yeah, that was that was a fucking awful, awful afternoon. Um, just just quickly, Dan, have you have you got anything you want to share? It's going to be that presser, isn't it, after Southampton? Yeah, it's just that just that and the Milan at home. As I said, I was at the Milan game, and I remember just like the first half. Even I just gave up after half time of trying to do anything mm. as a fan to try and affect mm. things like we all do. Um, I remember being there, and I was just literally sat, and I was freezing cold. I'd wrap in the end. I'd just put kept my hat on, wrap my scarf around my head, and just sat like a, I don't know, like all I could think of was I was I was sat there like you know like when the international managers are just sat in the stand somewhere just watching on because they're there <laughs> scouting or something. I just felt like that. I'm just there to kind of like just watch whatever, whatever it is as a neutral. But it's, um, it's bad then isn't I, it, when you can't even muster up disgust and I just knew what was it. coming, mate. I knew what was coming, and then yeah. as soon as as soon as Romero tackled made that challenge yeah. that got him sent off and I didn't blame him for making the challenge because I actually felt he was playing like someone who gave a shit that night um but at the end of the day like he was always going to get red card and I thought right well now we're toast so I just got up and left mm. at that point mm. um and could hear the booze all the way from Northumberland Park yeah it was it was an awful night and I think and I think that again Conte can say what he likes about the players but what the fuck was a set up that evening but we're not going to talk about that again it's part of history. Yeah, the, the the part of history that we're probably never going to reference again. Um, let's before we get to the forever loop and and talk about the candidates, uh, Nigglesman and uh, and Pochettino being the two. Well, I mean for different reasons. One hasn't been linked at all uh, with the football club, and the other one is something that we fancy. Even though I think most people probably. Don't even follow Bayern Munich or follow his career or even realise he's 35 years old, which is kind of gives me AVB vibes, which uh, we'll we come back to. But let's just quickly just talk about the rest of the season. We've got 10 games left, which is not a lot. Um, and the 10 games with Stellini and Mason. Uh, Stellini, obviously, given uh, given the job to, to just take over, um, which is interesting because usually when a manager leaves... Everybody leaves the coaching staff, but but the the circumstances here are a little bit bizarre compared to the normal Tottenham experience we get. You know, you know if it, if it is Conte just struggling, you know personally uh, because of the illness and the and whatever else might be going on, and he's obviously staying in 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 Italy, not even bothering to come back. And Stellini's just got the the go ahead to just carry on um, until until the summer. Dan, ha- happy with that? Does it work? D- d- does it not matter at this point? Is it, d- d- is it super important we finish in the top four? Um, you know, obviously it's something that's mentioned by Daniel Levy and it's something that the club is, is a little bit obsessed mm. with uh, in terms of uh, qualification. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't really make sense to me based on what I suppose I want as a fan. We want obviously that moment of appointing a new manager, right? And I don't want it to take ages to get to that point like it did between... Mourinho and Nuno right like it, it just took forever didn't it and I don't want that to happen again this summer and we end up in another scramble um 
but I think you know it's it's intriguing. We're very much in the unknown, very much in the unknown at this point. Like Stellini and Mason have taken charge of games without Conte there before, but as far as we understand it, we're led to believe that they they were essentially puppets to his will, right? That they were just carrying out his instructions and whatever he wanted. It was nothing to do with Stellini or Mason's tactic, as far as we're we're, we're led to believe. Um, I think that ultimately Conte's not going to be offering any input now. Um, so mm. it, we very much, I suppose we will probably see a couple of differences. I don't expect to see much change of information just because of the players we have available to us been injuries. I think we're going to be seeing more of the same. Um, but it'd be nice if we could maybe at least just see a bit more, a bit more freedom, a bit more expressiveness. Um, and just see, and just you know, maybe see a bit more Dan Juma as well. Who knows this forgotten oh, man? Who Dan Dan Juma? <laughs> who seriously? What the fuck? I keep forgetting the the poor bloke was on a was interviewed for 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 the socials, the social media, and I was like, mate, you're barely even playing. I keep forgetting you even exist, and it's just it's bizarre, isn't it? You know, you get, you mm. he's turned, get he's turned up to talk. A... He's turned up to talk about Ramadan, and that's it. Yeah, I, it, it's, that, that that's what the content was uh, correct. So great content, you know, got no problem with the content. It's just that uh, no, know your timing and everything. Like we, we we're talking about a player who's come in um, who doesn't have the weight of expectancy on his shoulders. To be fair, I think he's here just to play football, and he's not being given that opportunity. And again, you know, you have to look at Conte for that. Um, Ross, would you... Let me give you a scenario, mate. I'll make you laugh. Uh, we get to the summer. Um, none of the targets Spurs are interested in are interested in us. We give the job full-time to Stellini and Mason. Uh, what, 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 what do you do? And, and, and if this involves bricks and chucking them <laughs> at, at the stadium, um, I'd rather you, you, you don't say anything on, on this podcast. But. What about... Throw myself out of a window. Um, I just, I, I, I wouldn't put it past Daniel Levy. It's because if Paratici goes to jail, um, or is not allowed to do what he does, you just get the feeling that it's like putting a kid in charge of a car, and he'll just do what he wants and overthink it, overplan it. And by the time he's set up Nagelsmann's contract, Nagelsmann's already joined Real Madrid, and Pochettino's gone back to PSG because he for a laugh. Um, and I, but I just wouldn't put it past him going. Well, Stellini had you know he won six out of them ten games, and you know why not give it to him for you know then sack him in November. I, it, it wouldn't as I said, it wouldn't shock me, but I don't want another. Sp- in summer, like we did in was it twenty twenty one, and then we ended up with mm. Nuno. God bless him. Um, I don't know who his equivalent would be now, um, but I couldn't go. Marco Silva, Marco, Marco Silva would be his equivalent. Yeah, the, the, let's not even let's not even go there. No, please, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to entertain that. I'm not entertaining that. Um, um, okay. Okay. Sorry to cut you off. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking right. here. I just want to. I just want to talk about the targets, right? Poch has not been approached. You know, he's available, but apparently he's already said he wants to wait until the summer, whatever that means. So people just uh, have this assumption that we're not interested in him at all. And then people getting carried away with perhaps 
it, it it proves that the club blame Poch and they don't want to take responsibility and bring him back. And maybe I don't know whether I believe that. I think their relationship, uh, his relationship with Levy, I think. Can I add something on that? Yeah, yeah, go I for think, it. I was going to say I think... their relationship is good. I don't think it degraded to mm. the point where they hate each other. I think I think they parted ways because they had to part ways. The I think the the story that's coming out from all the normal out the, the I suppose the trusted outlets is that because Paratici is the, is in charge of drawing up this shortlist and the approaches and whatnot and Pochettino isn't one of his preferred targets. So whilst Paratici is leading that, I don't think Poch will be getting approached anytime soon. Um, if there's a if there's a world where Paratici is no longer at the club, I think that's where we could see things change. But until then, I, I think that that's what's the, the cause of that. How the fuck be. is this guy like in charge of finding the new manager? If he might, he might not. He might be sacked by Tottenham at some point soon, off the back of everything else that's happening in in Turin. So it, I find it bizarre. Like obviously, we're not privy again to what's happening behind the scenes, right? We, mm. we have no idea. The club might be backing him all the way. Or, or, or they're playing some kind of weird game because of contracts. Or I, I think just... I think they're silly too. I think they're silly too. His court case is now being put back to May the tenth or something like that. It was meant to be Monday this week, um, and then they would have been finding out the result the next day. Like it was, it would have been a quicker turnaround as that. But that's now been put back till nearly the end of the season for us. Um, I think the club should just be parting ways with him. I really do think that because. If he's if based on hit the sort of targets we're hearing about, he's after anyway. I, I'm not that reassured by him, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. The, the the other thing as well, I guess with 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 the whole director of football thing. I mean, Ross, I, I'll ask you in a second whether you think we need one, but I, I guess that's really down to the type of manager or coach we we appoint. So it is a bizarre scenario we're in, where we've still got a director of football that's still supposedly involved in trying to draw up names and I don't know whether Levy's using him to just get a list of people he can talk to sack him and then we look at that list and if we need a director of football to come in to assist the coach then fair enough but do, do we need that do we because the whole point of the director of football was that he acted as a buffer he's the one that knows football above and beyond Daniel Levy I think what Daniel Levy's responsibility is not so much to work on fixing the football on the pitch, but to act as the actual catalyst for making sure the football on the pitch is to the highest capacity we can reach. For example, bringing in someone that you can back over X amount of years, giving him the time to work across those those seasons, and then just signing off the checks in in in, in the background. So, like, do you want to see a manager, a coach uh, with a director of football? Do you think that's the only way? a club like Tottenham can operate, that having someone handle the, the player acquisitions, you know, above and beyond what a, a chairman would do. Um, you need the buffer, I think, yeah. between yeah. Levy and the manager, more of a sounding board, where Levy's not making decisions on transfers, You should, apart from the money, obviously. But I don't think Levy should be anywhere near kind of any kind of discussion about what players we should be getting what i mean all what does he know i mean he's watched a lot of games i mean is you need someone like a paratici in there to say look we can get player a b and c and d and i like i like paratici i'm probably one of the only ones that does still um but for what he's the type of players that he's 
well, he's got us when you look at Bentancourt, Kulazewski, Romero, um, Porro, etc. He's done pretty well, and you can't really go against that. Um, but if it's stopping Poch coming back, my worry then is if he does go to jail or whatever, or gets banned or shot, and Poch comes in, are we just going to go back to where we were, where Poch was a bit stubborn on the choices that he had with certain players? Because what I heard was Levy was saying, would you like player A, B and C? And he was like, no, I don't want that player. I don't want that player. I don't want that player. But when he did find a player saying like Jack Grealish. Yeah, we failed to, to, Le- to, to get Le- it done. Levy yeah. kind of fucked it up again by, go- did, by refusing Ross- to budge five million. But Ross, God. didn't Poch work with a director of football at Southampton and Spurs with that Paul Mitchell? Well, he worked with Steve Hitchin, didn't he? But um, he got on better, I heard, with people like the head of youth development, who I, whose name escapes me now. Um, but I, can't, I think he must have done at Southampton. He didn't get on with Leonardo at PSG. Um, they had a massive mm. falling out. Mm. Um over control of players. But we took Paul and, Mitchell, that's what I'm saying, from Southampton, who was at Southampton with him. Paul Mitchell is now currently at Monaco because he ended up he's leaving, leaving because he? Well he ended up leaving Spurs because Levy wasn't okaying his proposals for targets and stuff like that. So he left because he didn't feel that the club were gonna act on anything that he was doing. But he found a son, Deli Alley, like players like that. Well this is what I mean about having that buffer between Levy and the manager. You have to have someone that says no. You have to be someone be strong enough to say no. This player is needed because of X, Y, and Z. Well, look, and look. if no, sorry, well, sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there so so dramatically. Usually, you just talk over me when I do that. Um, sorry, oh, Ross, go for it. I just think that with the Poch situation, you would have thought he would have been brought in by now if Levy wanted him. Perhaps he shouldn't have that much of a say of who the manager is. He should just be, on that side of things, it should be him being the sounding board and Levy deciding. I think Levy's felt very burnt with the Mourinho and Conte deals. And I feel like he does want a project manager. But who's out there that is a project manager? Oh, look, Mauricio's still available. Yeah. Mauricio's been out of service well, now for, the, what, nearly a year? There's the Brighton manager. I mean, there are, there, you know, Nigglesman as well would be a project manager, no doubt, right? And, and obviously, that's someone who is very hipster, but also has has the quality to back it up, even though, I mean, you know, he, he's been managing at a club like Bayern Munich where you can't really go that wrong. And in fact, you know, his record at Munich is, is it's not exactly bad. Um, no, his record at Munich... Lost. Is, is exactly like his record at Munich was quality this season by yeah. normal standards. It's just yeah. not by what Bayern's self-entitled standards are, where they're yeah. normally clear, like far and clear in the league by now. But you have got to remember, yeah. he's also he also dragged a club like Hoffenheim to the Champions League two years in a row, I believe. And he's he got, got pedigree. In he got Leipzig to the semi-finals as well. Yeah. Like he's a good. Yeah. He's he, he's used yeah. to working on a budget he's as well. Going this to guy. play good football, and I think we need that's that's the important thing. Just to finish up, just just from my very quick perspective on 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 what Levy's accountability or responsibility is. He's the leader of the of the of the, of the football club, right? Okay, as in the entity, Tottenham Hotspur. I don't care about all the revenue streams in the NFL. Talking about the football club itself. 
his decision to appoint the next person should be backed by the board and him to the point where we understand what it is we're trying to do as a football club. So if you bring in a project manager, you tell you tell everybody, this is something, we're offered this guy four-year contract, five-year contract, whatever the fuck it is, three-year contract with two-year extension, whatever scenario they want, we're going to let the person cook and we're going to get on, get on with it. We're going to wait, we're going to graft through things, but the football will be... Well, obviously, quite to what we, we we expect. So, so we will naturally see the development of, of of how we are progressing. And again, to go back to what I said earlier in the pod, I don't think Spurs are that far away from things. You know, this loop that we keep, we we keep getting caught in, which we'll, we'll have to talk on the Patreon bit. Um, there's a couple of things things we'll have to shift onto the Patreon part of this podcast. But this loop we get we keep getting caught in is because we're trying to do something at a different pace to what's required and i'm not saying that we shouldn't be urgent and we shouldn't look to be ruthless but we're doing it with the wrong manager the wrong appointment and then we're 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 rushing to do something immediately i mean when you think about what conte's saying you think conte mate you haven't even completed a full season and you're the one that's imploded not the football club the football club are working at the pace they should be working at but you have chosen to implode. Um, and with Spurs, it's get the right person in so there's no implosion. And and work through one or two hard seasons if need be. We've still got a lot of quality there. And even if we lose Son and Kane, which is going to be very damaging, we're going to move on because football clubs have, have been here for hundreds of years. And you, you we always we always kind of hit the ground running in, in certain instances where we think we've lost something that we're never going to replace and we end up replacing it, you know, usually accidentally. But that's the, the football club we are. I just want to... Do you want some breaking news? Uh, Fabio, Fabio Paratici's just released a... Tottenham Hotspur have released a kind of video of him doing a speech about everything. A quote is saying, we will fight to achieve our targets. We're prepared to fight until the end of the season. Everyone has to be focused on the last part of the season. That's the only. That's an update from him. Okay, but it's just I mean, funny how we were talking about him, and up he pops. And mm. not only did he pop up, but he he he. You know, the club have, have sanctioned. They've signed off. They've approved the comms. So it's almost like we are backing this guy. So maybe he's sticking around. Maybe these. Maybe he won't lose the ability to to continue working as as a director of football in this country. But we we might touch upon that in in the Patreon bit. We've kind of run out of time for the normal podcast if you're listening to this on um on your podcast app on spotify apple google wherever thanks for tuning in um if you're listening to this on patreon uh then you're going to get another half an hour or so because we we didn't get to talk about season ticket renewals didn't get to talk about harry kane we're going to do this on the patreon pod and i want to talk a bit more about that forever loop uh just you know what do we need to do to to, to break it um so thank you uh ross dan if you want to say goodbye to the listeners you can do so now cheers listeners catch you next time as spook he said don't do drugs yeah i do do some of them some of them are all right um sell them uh, yeah yeah, don't don't do that please okay all right i think we're done i think we're done for this we're done